Welcome to Get Celebritized with Araya McGarry. Araya is an Emmy award-winning TV show host, producer, director, author, and so much more. In 1999, Araya was told she would never speak again after having her left vocal cord nerve removed during cancer surgery. But against the odds and facing adversity head on, she found her voice, literally. And now she uses it to tell great stories of hope and inspiration to help motivate entrepreneurs to earn more, live more, and give back more. Now, let's get celebritized. Now, here's your host, Araya McGarry. Hello again, and welcome to Get Celebritized with Araya McGarry. I have a very special guest coming to you right now, a dear friend of mine, well, a new dear friend of mine, actually, who is somebody very special, who I met when I did my famous TEDx talk that so many of you know that I did because it was such a special journey for me, something so different that I had never done something like that before because it's a very special stage to take. It is not a inspirational talk. It's not something you can wing. It is a very specific type of idea and thought that you bring to the world. And I met this wonderful man, Daryl Stinson, who is hosting this in, um, here in the Atlanta area. So Daryl Stinson, I want to introduce you to now. He's a TEDx speaker with over 1 million views. He's an entrepreneur, a pastor, a speaker, and a suicide survivor. A former defensive end in, at Central Michigan University from 2008 to 2011, Daryl attempted to take his life in 2011 due to a severe career-ending back injury. Through a life-changing experience at Henry Ford Hospital in Detroit, Michigan, he got a second chance and began an arduous journey of discovering what was his purpose in this in his life, what his purpose really is. The founder of secondchanceathletes.com, a holistic athletic transition service for current, former, and forgotten athletes. My gosh, he just has my heart all over the place with everything that I just told you about him. So let me bring up the amazing, the wonderful Daryl Stinson. Hello. What's up? What's up? What's up? Oh my gosh, I'm going to give you a big hug. It's so good Come to on. see you. There, squeeze it in. There we right. go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Daryl, welcome, welcome. Yeah, I'm so excited. Great combo. Oh, really? And I'm so glad to see you because you're such a, I look up to you so much. You've done so many great things and you're a survivor as well. Mm -hmm. And some listeners know that I'm a cancer and domestic violence survivor. And my dad was murdered. We think by the mafia when I was 15. I've been through so much. Mm. And then I meet you and you're a thriver as well. And you've always impressed me. You're so kind. You're so you're so generous. You're just a cool person. And then when I found out a little more about your story, I'm like, wow, I didn't know that. So I knew you from the TEDx stage. And then I found out, wow, you had over a million views. That's not easy to get. So I'm gonna take the take the listeners back first. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey, because then I want to go into what you're doing to help people now because of what you went through. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. And by the way, I'm just going to put this intent out there. In the next two years, my TEDx talk will hit 10 million views on YouTube. 
Um, I had a chip on my shoulder God. that I was going to reach a million views, all organic, no PR, no press. And I did it. And um, I realized that that was my ego that wanted to do that. And that um, I could have did a lot more with press PR and a lot of more uh, traditional marketing practices. And so now I'm committing myself to doing that. So uh, this you do is it for me too. Cause I know nothing. about it. <laughs> I can teach you some things. I can teach you some Ooh. things. Um, but yeah, I'm putting that out there. Um, okay. Anyone who wants to support that initiative and share the talk, it's helping a ton of people. I mean, you just read through the comments that you see on the YouTube video, Overcoming Rejection, and you can see the way that it's raising the consciousness of the planet, the way that it's impacting lives. Um, for people to comment and uh, be very vocal about the things that they're going through in their life says something. Right. Yeah. Because anytime someone makes a comment, they already have gone through a certain level of internal dialogue to be able to formulate that statement. So, uh, yeah, uh, my story, I grew up in Jackson, Michigan. It's a small town about an hour and a half west of Detroit and uh, grew up in the streets. Uh, I was a smart kid and uh, I got made fun of uh, for being a black kid that, quote unquote, talks and acts white. Oh, my gosh. Yes, I know. So stupid. And it created this insecurity inside of me that who I was wasn't enough to be liked or loved by other people. Mm. It also caused some early insecurities about my voice, that the way that I talk, something was wrong with it. And so um, I, I carried that throughout to the point where even once I started <clears throat> to become a public speaker, I had a terrible fear of standing in front of people. I would forget my train of thought. I couldn't put two sentences together. I would mumble. I had terrible eye contact, terrible body language, no voice inflection. I was probably <laughs> the worst. And everyone says that. Oh, and I have, I have video now. footage. I have video footage. I'm going to tag you when I release it because I keep saying okay. I'm going to do it. But um, I'm going to do it because people need to see the transformation that happened because yeah. a lot of the fear and a lot of the way that I was showing up on stage was all in here. Right. And it was all in here because of what some stupid kid said to me when I was young about how I talked and how I sounded and how I dressed and how I looked. And so, uh, you know, long story short, I uh, ended up kind of just pushing that down and be became a Division One athlete. I was a very successful athlete and a full right scholarship to Central Michigan University. And it was there that I was planning to go to the NFL, be rich, famous, and successful. And I had an injury, a back surgery. Mm. Should have been the end of my career. But for me, sports wasn't what I did. It was who I was. And so I signed a liability waiver after my back surgery. And I played for two years because of something called pain pills. Oh, my gosh. And I developed this addiction to pain pills. And I managed to start on a Division One football team as a defensive end for two years. We won the MAC championship. We were ranked 23rd in the nation. We played with some great legendary athletes. Number one draft pick, Eric Fisher, uh, Antonio oh, Brown, who was one of arguably top 10 receiver of all times in the NFL. And we did some great things there. Uh, but I did so at a cost to my mental health man. and my physical health. And going into my senior year, the coaches saw that I was taking so many opioids that it was stinning my blood to the point where every time I made contact on the field, uh, my nose would bleed. And they kicked me off of the team. And that's when I went through this depression. That's when I had to face this reality that I didn't know who I was outside of sports because I had changed who I was since a kid to fit in with other people. Wow. Uh, that's when I learned that uh, I had a deep-rooted insecurity that people didn't like me outside of my ability to play sports. On top of that, I had a girlfriend who I was dating for four and a half years and intending to marry who left me and got engaged to another man. And the way that I found that out 
was that uh, through a friend of hers who told me it wasn't from her. Oh my and God. so that is what made me depressed. It validated the insecurity that people loved me for my gift and they didn't love me for me. And I uh, started mixing my pills with alcohol and ultimately attempted my last attempt in a vehicle, ended up in a psychiatric care facility where I found my faith in Christ, had a complete turnaround experience, uh, started to prioritize my mental health saw my first counselor, saw my first psychiatrist, wrote my first journal entry, read my first personal development book, and like Clark Kent become Superman, came out of the psychiatric unit, a completely brand new man, graduated with my degree in integrated public relations, worked in higher education, did marketing communications there, managed Colin Powell's press appearance at CMU, and uh, took that success and got into the speaking industry as a marketing consultant and kind of rode that that train from there. And that's how I got to where I am today. Oh my gosh. That was like a whole lot of amazing. I'm so glad you shared that because so many people will be able to relate to, you know, getting beaten down and childhood traumas and things like that. Let me ask two questions too. How long ago was that where you had to go to the hospital and how long were you in that hospital before to get well? I think that's important for people to know now because mental health now is such an important topic. Yeah. I was in the hospital 2011. Um, 2011. I keep saying 2012. It was 2011. And I was legally supposed to be there for five days. Uh, I was only ended up being there, I want to say for two and a half or three days, um, which was a whole huge testimony because I I got out just because I had to start a internship that was paid and um, it worked out for me. So wasn't legally supposed to be released, but I got released. So it's only a couple of days, but then you went on to, was it like outpatient help? Cause I, yep. I know you just didn't get well in three days. Tell me just a little snippet about what that journey was again, because mental health right yep. now is such an important topic and you're, you did so well after that. So just, Tap in a little bit more on what that help looked like. Yeah, I think if I summarize that season, it was um, I was I started to lean into things that I had been avoiding my entire life. You know, I always have this uh, quote that I say, whatever you uh, whatever you don't express, you suppress. Ooh, that's good. And when you do that, uh, it leads to a lot of bad things. And so what I started to do is I started to express it first in the safety of counselors, then in the safety of close friends. And then ultimately in the safety of a trusted audience as a speaker. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, through counseling, I just stepped into stuff that I had been suppressing my entire life. I stepped into things that happened to me as a child. I stepped in the fact that I was raised in joint custody and never felt like my parents really cared about me and that I was just a transactional element to them. I -hmm. stepped into the fact that um, I had some sexual orientation identity uh, um, issues growing up. I stepped into the fact that um, I, I had heard a lot of people and sold drugs to people who are not doing well still to this day. And I had to deal with that pain and that failure. I stepped into that. I talked about it. I talked about how it made me feel. I talked about how it made me cry. I cried. Mm-hmm. I cried. And I cried some more. Uh, the fear about what my purpose was, if I had purpose, could I understand purpose? I leaned into that. I studied every major world religion. I followed my curiosity. And so these are all types of things that helped me. And the other thing that I think is important and that doesn't get talked up a lot about mental health, typically when people think about mental health, they think about self-care, um, which is all important, like journal, exercise, nature, counseling, uh, cognitive behavioral therapy, um, you know, uh, uh, essential oils. I have essential oils <laughs> right here. Uh, I young love, living. I love it. So, so I, I do all the stuff. Um, 
the, but there's another side to it, which is like actually being productive, actually getting after it. Right. Like nothing makes you more depressed than not contributing to anybody else. Yes, absolutely. And so there is an element of it is I had to find my gift, find my lane and I had to step into it and I had to show up. And that brought me out of my slump when I would see that my story could impact the lives of other people, when I could see that I could help another speaker share their story, get exposure on their message that pulled me out of my slump. And so those are the types of things that help me in terms of that mental health journey to be able to climb and get to a healthy place. And you're so right. You say so much truth in that when we take our eyes off of our stuff and although we have to deal with it like you did you did all the right things but when you're at the time is right to start helping others that's that icing on the cake that's where you really can shine and come out and feel some joy because now you're helping other people feel joy and i think god made us that way you know for such a special reason that we really it's almost like we have to help other people because it's part of our well-being and i always say it does more good for us when we're giving than it does for them because it makes us feel so good to help others and even when it is your business if you're doing a business too and your business is about helping other people succeed in an arena that you're great at then that's so fulfilling and i love that so how'd you get from there now to oh i think i'll be a motivational speaker and go on a tedx stage tell us about how that happened because that's a lot of people's um goal they're like where they are and they say i really would love to inspire people i'd really love to be a speaker and so many people i've talked to since becoming a TEDx speaker myself was, how did you do that? It's on my bucket list. So yeah. what do you tell them? I tell them work with an expert, right? <laughs> we should, we have a mutual friend and Haley. I say it's Haley or me, like pick your poison. There right? you go. Like, like there is a lot of people who are TEDx coaches. There's not a lot of people who understand all the nuances that go into a TEDx and, and, yeah. and they don't have that skin in the game. And so me and Haley had a conversation and we ripped up a bunch of people in the market and, and we are protecting the integrity of the brand. So the mm-hmm. TEDx is not about uh, having TEDx at the bottom of your you know, website. It's not about calling yourself a TEDx speaker. Uh, those things are great, uh, but it truly is about ideas worth spreading. And uh, that's what your story was. And uh, it was a powerful story. Um, for me, it started as uh, people started to notice that they're that I fell off the the map. I was in the spotlight as an athlete. And then it was like, whoa, what happened to him? Where'd he go? You know? And um, I kind of was under the radar um, while I was working at Central Michigan University in the communications department. And I started to get some people who knew kind of the battle that I went through. Um, They started to ask me to speak to like athletic teams. And I was like, no, wouldn't do it. Just dodging it. Didn't want to do it. And um, uh, I think it was, geez, um, one of my youth pastors convinced me to share my story first. It was in church and it was at a talent show. And then she was like, would you share your story? And I felt like so guilty for saying no to Jesus. Ah, you can't do that. No, you can't do that. And so I did that. And um, man, I felt a, a release. Um, and then I, uh, another all-American athlete by the name of Brian Pruitt runs an organization called The Power of Dad asked me to come speak Ooh. to these young men who uh, were fatherless and wow. couldn't say no to Brian and uh, couldn't say no to people who grew up without a, a presence of a father. And so I did it there and I, I did terrible. I tried to recite a recording 
of my speech with headphones in my ear. And I didn't realize that I speak a lot faster than I read uh, written words. And so I got off sync with the recording and I started to repeat sentences that I had said. It was so embarrassing. And one of my best friends was there in the back of the room and he was bawling laughing. Um, but I just was saying, entertaining. So I, it was super entertaining. It was super entertaining. And uh, one of the most probably top three embarrassing moments as a speaker. And uh, you're still here to talk about still it. You're here. Well, good for you. Because I talk to people about fail forward to success. Because if you're going to try anything and venture in anything new, you're going to fail and it's okay. Yes. Just don't be one of those that quit. Because so what? You had a moment like that. It'd be like the big celebrities. They do a lip syncing and, you know, somebody catches them not singing on cue. So what? So, you know, they're human who cares, you're talented, keep going keep and going. let people laugh at you. Who cares? It's fun. I'm glad I could, you know, make, we've all made people laugh before and it's a good thing. Better than making them cry unless you want them to cry at certain points of your story. So I'm so glad that you went into speaking up because it was somebody you couldn't say no to. And mm-hmm. that's always cool. So you were basically, I've seen, I've can hear and see and feel the fiber of your being, Daryl, and it's to help others. When somebody mm-hmm. asks you something, would you help? You're going to say yes. Whether you think you have confidence or can do the job or not, you can't say no because you want to help. Yeah. And so that's a really important gift that God's given you. Yeah. So with that, you can do all things because, you know, okay, I just want to help you. How bad could it go? Because when you're helping others, you're going to help no matter what happens. And it mm-hmm. doesn't have to be perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, the only thing that has to be perfect is those TEDx stages. like an animal. <laughs> Besides that, get out there. I always tell people, do not do it lightly. If you want to do it, it is a commitment. You get that coach out there. I've been giving yep. everybody Haley's phone number. So don't even think about winging that because I'm the the professional are winging it. Everybody knows I'm unscripted. I wing things. I can get on camera like this, love it. But for that, I took it seriously and I did it the right way. And I hope everybody does because it's not something you mess around with, but it could be no. the greatest message you ever give to the world. I agree. I yeah. agree. And you did, you did a phenomenal job. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. A lot of work, but worth every bit of it yeah. and really stretches you. And I think it's really important as we live, you know, as I turned 60 this year, instead of thinking like, oh, you know, I'm too old for this or I've, you know, gotten to my stride. It's like, no, doing things new, jumping off those cliffs, yeah. getting out, you know, getting, jumping out of the airplane with the parachute, doing yeah. things like I think it was a Bush senior jumped out of a plane in a parachute at 89 years old. Uh, Betty White, one of my idols, was getting kissed by a grizzly bear at 99. That's me. I always want to be saying, what else can I do? And I hope I inspire other people say, who cares how old you are? You've got breath in your lungs. Go do something you've never done before and show the world, show yourself that you can. Yeah, I didn't think I could. I didn't think I could memorize that after going through chemo, which killed my memory and going through menopause, which I thought killed my memory. And I'm like having to memorize. And and I was really nervous. And uh, I got up on that stage. I don't know if I ever told you I walked on that red dot and I just drew a blank. And I remember I just remembered the first line. Wow. And I said the first line and then it because I had done all my diligence and done all my prayers, better believe it. We do all <laughs> we can do and then God does the rest. Wow. And it was that moment I remembered the first line. And then it started showing up in my brain. Because you all don't have teleprompters for TEDx. Right. The teleprompter started in my 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 psyche and my wow. brain. And I saw the pages that I've been memorizing. It was like a teleprompter, and I remembered every word. And wow. it was, such, and I had that peace that passes all understanding and God just held me up because I did all that I could do. And then he wow. lifted me up and did the rest. 
And it was so amazing. And so, you know, I, I do a lot of stuff in my day and I don't ever think twice about it. But that was one moment that I'd be like, wow, that was wow. a big deal. And I just want to give all, especially women, we think after 40, we're too old to do anything new. And we're not. We're definitely not. Mm, that's yeah. powerful. Come on, keep going. You're inspiring me. You're inspiring me. This is what I'm talking about. So That's why it's so special. Just anything that you're doing. So talk to us a little bit about this, because I know it's a hot topic. We've got about another eight or nine minutes left. Tell us anything you want us to know about success and achieving their dreams and goals, whether it's how to get on a TEDx stage or how to become the best they can be, because you're a coach. You're amazing. So talk to us about something that's on your mind that maybe you have coming up that you're doing to help people because they need all the help we can get right now, include myself after this pandemic and these pivots and this mental health crisis that everybody's feeling feeling it. Nobody got out of the pandemic without having some scars. There's just nobody that didn't get a scar from this, some more than others. So talk to us about that. Yeah, you know, the, the first thing that comes to mind is just, you know, remember that a bad day doesn't mean that you had a bad life. Mm. And sometimes That's we good. sometimes we think that. Uh, we think, man, I had a bad day or a series of bad days. And, and we think that that means we have a bad life and we forget all that we've overcome, all that we persevered through. And I think that if there's anything people can do during these times, it's just remind themselves of who they are. I think the pandemic had a way of making people forget who they are. I know speakers who just completely quit because they lost like, uh, uh, and I did too at the beginning, I lost 86% of my income. Absolutely, me too. Um, and and I, I pivoted well and fast, um, and which was a blessing, but for others, they didn't. Mm-hmm. And they started to question the validity of their message, the the worth of their story and it, they forgot who they were. Uh, leaders who hit crisis and they had to lay off employees, they forgot who they were. Yeah. And I think we just have to remind ourselves who we are, that we are overcomers, that we are more than capable, that we have what it takes, that we are leaders, that we are leaders worth following. And the more that we remind ourselves of that story, the more it becomes true. I love that. I love it. And what's one way that you help people now, Daryl? I put up your website, DarylStinson.com. And uh, what will people find there? Like, how can you help them? They're struggling and they're they're not pivoting well. They need to take their they need to take their life up a notch. What can you do for them? Yeah. So anyone who just needs courage or inspiration, just follow me on my socials. I I often do inspirational videos. Um, Sometimes I post clips of me speaking. Um, the primary way I'm serving people now is helping leaders turn their messages into movements. Okay. Ooh, say that again. That's good. Helping leaders turn their messages into movements. What do you mean by that? What's a movement? A movement mind? is everyone on the planet who is your former self. Ooh. Looking for guidance, wanting to know how in the world they overcome this, how in the world they figure out how to be themselves, even though they're a woman, how in the world they figure out how to navigate a divorce, how in the world they figure out, in my instance, how to overcome mental health challenges as a black man who has a voice to share and a story to share, but feels so insecure around that. Everyone is powerfully positioned to help the former version of themselves. But the problem... That's such a great quote. Repeat yeah. that again. I will. That everyone, so everyone that's listening is most powerfully positioned to help the former version of themselves. I love that. Okay. And what happens is we discount the power of our own story. Mm. Okay? And we think that it's 
just inspirational. We don't recognize that there is a direct correlation between your story that you're called to share and the movement you're called to lead. Oh, this is so good, Daryl. Okay. The story to share, but the movement to lead. I'm going to be calling you in the morning. I'm just saying. Come on. You've got a movement. And it's connecting those dots. It's connecting the story to the movement, right? And typically with people, even if they're already speakers, then I work with them. That's that's one of the the most challenging things to work through is we've got used to doing keynotes. We got used to doing workshops. We got used to doing breakout sessions. All good. Do it all. Right. But we missed the point that the point of me stepping up and sharing my story is to create a movement. Right. What's one way you do that when you're saying yeah. that? How do you shift our mindsets? OK, um, what do you mean? A movement versus all those things you just mentioned that we're already doing. OK, shift from being transactional to being relational. Transactional is I want everybody to buy my program so they can buy a course and I don't have to have relationship with them. Re- being relational means that I actually care about the transformation that's happening as a result of me speaking. Okay. So I'll give you, I'll give you even more specific. Okay. So uh, when I meet and I have follow-up conversations with event planners, yes. Do I want repeat business? Of course. But what I'm looking for, I'm measuring the impact that I made as a speaker. I'm asking them, what are people saying about what I spoke? Have you heard any stories of people who are implementing things that I said? Because what I want to see is, is the movement creating? Okay. And what happens is if I hear yes and I hear stories, you know what I say? I don't say, okay, cool. How do I get more business? I say, okay, cool. What else do they need? How else can I support them? How can they stay connected to me in this journey? How can they take the what started there and turn it into a movement? Like a like a like a dance party. How can we get more people to the dance party? Yes. Right? Like a Crap, flash man. mob. Like how the do we get mob. More That's a thing, to join in on the flash mob? That's what creating a movement is. And what we want, we got a, a we uh, because of social media and because of uh, virality, we've got a ton of influencers who want fame more than they want transformation, right? Who who care more about their image more than they care about their impact. And that's fine. I slipped into that in periods of my life, too, because of insecurity. But what I'm calling people into is digging into the depths of their story so they can find their most powerful story and step into the leadership of their movement. Okay. Is that hard to do? You've got me now. You've got me fired up. What the yeah. two of us? I'll tell you what. This is the impact, and you just saying so many things. I'm gonna go back and listen to this one again and write these down because these, these, these um, quotes that you're saying now are definitely requotable because they're so important. So, what's one thing that the listeners and the viewers can be thinking of now to make that shift? Mm-hmm. I would tell them focus on being relational okay. and pay attention to the results that you're making in the world, okay? So for you, I'll give you a very practical example for you. So you did a TEDx talk, right? Um, On your YouTube video, there are people who are commenting on your TEDx talk. Uh, To create a movement out of that, the first question you need to ask yourself is why are they commenting? Okay. Okay. Because if all we do is see, oh, they commented, thank you so much for engaging, we miss all of the internal fortitude that they had to go through the comment. Remember, when uh, people comment, it is only what they're portraying to you, <laughs> right? Think about when you comment. You have a whole thought process that goes through your head, and then you go, mm, let me say what is socially, publicly acceptable. 
Ah, okay. So you go deeper. So go deeper and ask questions. What really resonated with you about my talk? What story was it? I don't care if it's cousin or grandma. I would ask because what okay. I'm looking for is the breadcrumbs of my movement. And then I start to see a theme. Wow, this is really resonating with people, right? For me, um, I was shocked. I thought it was going to be, uh, you know, certain other stories. What it ended up being for people was this concept around me being the black kid that quote unquote talks and act white. It caused a riot in the comments. And I started to see, whoa, there's a whole movement of people who feel the same way. One of those people was Mark Hayes. Mark Hayes! Remember Mark? Mark's my friend. Of course I know Mark. Mark came up to me and he was like, you're the TEDx dude. <laughs> he said, I felt that way too. I was oh. called the, the black kid that talked and act white too. Oh, that's right. Funny. And I could have just said, oh, thank you so much. But what I realized is Mark's connected to my movement. And then what'd you do next? I, I met and I had lunch with him and his wife. And then what happened? And then we struck up a conversation. We built a relationship. I gave him some advice on his TEDx talk. And we started talking about how he can become an extension of the same message. How he can step more powerfully into the leadership of his movement. And now, not only did we connect through my movement, now we're co-leaders of movements. I love that. And now Mark is reaching people, impacting people who Daryl Stinson would have never been able to meet. Mm -hmm. And Araya is doing the same thing. But well, we I need to do lunch. Wait a minute. I do. missed lunch date. We do. Let's do you it. Know? Okay. Let's do it. Let's do <laughs> I am ready for these lunch dates. My gosh. Oh, God. Daryl, this is wonderful. I Nothing else. I got so much out of this talk. You really just empowered me in such a deeper level. And I just think you've just got such a God-given talent to take people up a notch, to take them from that inspiration to impact to movement. We're not done with you either. I want to have you back. I'm going to talk more about this. And I definitely want to do lunch with you and talk to you more about how we can work together. We live right in the same area, the same town. We need to make even a bigger impact on the world where I can reach, be reaching the women and the, the mompreneurs and other people that maybe you wouldn't reach and vice versa. Absolutely. So let's do this because you and I are such collaborators. We've so want to help more people before we take our last breath. It's not about who reaches more. It's about the, how many we can reach together. And that's what I yes. love about you. Yes. yes. Sarah, I love you. You're amazing. I love you too. I'm putting your, is your TEDx up on your uh, website? Uh, Probably not anymore, but just search my name and TEDx. Yeah. It'll pop right up. Yeah. It will. So Daryl Stinson, yeah. D-A-R-R-Y-L-L Stinson, for those listening, S-T-I-N-S-O-N. Look yeah. them up, TEDx, while you're there. Look up Ray McGarry, TEDx. You'll see both of us. You'll see Mark Hayes there, TEDx. We got some great people up there on TEDx. And if you want to make an impact in this world, please do not hesitate to get in touch with Daryl Stinson. You're probably following me on social media. Follow Daryl together we will all achieve more so thank you for watching get celebritized share with your friends give us a star rating follow daryl and daryl thank you so much for being on get celebritized and helping everybody not just earn more to live more to give back more but to make a bigger impact and to create their movements thank you love you thanks for listening to get celebritized with araya mcgarry We hope this episode inspires you to earn more, live more, and give back more. To learn more about Araya, visit her website, arayamagari.com, and make sure to follow her at Araya Magari Productions on Instagram, and join her on Clubhouse at Celebritize Your Business. 
And don't forget to rate and review this podcast. Thanks again for listening to Get Celebritized with Araya McGarry.